Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lifestyles Medicine Podcast. This is Daniel Cho, Managing Director of Pathways to Wholeness Lifestyle Medicine, and I'm here with Dr. George Cho, our Medical Director. We're coming to you from Toronto, Canada, and we just returned from the American College of Lifestyle Medicine's、uh, Lifestyle Medicine 2018 conference. And in our previous episodes, we shared with you our thoughts on the first two days of the conference. And in this one, we're just going to end it off by sharing our final thoughts、um, and main takeaways、uh, from the event as a whole. Uh, so uh, let's go through kind of, kind of the last two days of the event. The first talk that we went to was a plenary on Alzheimer's. So, Dr. Cho, what were your thoughts on that talk? The Alzheimer's talk was really good.、Uh, There's two researchers from Loma Linda. A husband and wife pair that did the talk, and I think they were very good. The presentation was very good. But I think the main takeaway for our listeners would be that there is definitely something you can do about dementia, Alzheimer's, preventing it, and also helping with it. The researchers, they, the presenters, they talked about how you know, there's this perception that you can't do anything about it, that dementia is just going to happen, you're going to lose your memory, and there's not much you can do. But They showed from science that that's not true. That through a healthy diet, exercising,、uh, sleep, things like that, that you can actually delay dementia and even、um, uh, so delay the onset and also slow down the prog- progress of dementia. So, though they admitted that Alzheimer's is definitely a, something that's a, a difficult condition to address,、right. that there are no real Uh, you can't really reverse it at this point. However, there's no, there's no studies right now that show that you can reverse cure. Like, right, right. Yeah, cure. No drugs and no lifestyle yeah, approach. That's yeah. right. But that doesn't mean that, there aren't, that lifestyle medicine can't provide good、uh, things to help people live through that experience and also to prevent it.、Right. And it was very important for, important for our listeners to recognize that the drugs that are used to treat Alzheimer's. They're an absolute failure. Then you need another answer. And、uh, they showed compellingly from the research that lifestyle medicine has so much to offer eating healthy, moving, stressing less,、uh, or dealing with stress better, and all sleeping. Things like this are very helpful. So that was an awesome talk.、Uh, that a, yeah, that was a great talk. I also liked how they,、uh, they talked a lot about the plasticity of the brain, how the brain、uh, can change. Can change、yeah. uh, unlike what we've. Maybe heard before. So that really gives a lot of area or room for us to you know, improve the brain through lifestyle interventions. That's correct, yes.、Yeah. Great. So after that, we,、uh, you went to an interesting talk on diabetes, insulin resistance by、uh, Dr. Cyrus Kambada. Yes.、Right? That's, and he's quite well known actually for his Mastering Diabetes series. I think they're on YouTube. Is that right? That's right, YouTube, yeah.、Um, So, can you share with us what were your thoughts on that one? Well, you know,、uh, Cyrus Kambada, our listeners can find him on YouTube, and, you know, he has a very interesting story.、Uh, he was, I believe, in his university years, he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, Hashimoto's, and a disease that causes you to lose all, this, all the hair on your skin. So, he has no hair.、Um, But you can imagine he was hit with all these autoimmune conditions all at once. And so he, that set him off on a course of trying to discover some of the answers.、Mm. right? And at this point in his life, he was eating 
what he thought was healthy, but it was a lot of meat and so forth. And then he discovered the benefits of a whole foods, plant-based diet. And so he started to implement that. And he, during his presentation, he showed some amazing um, graphs uh, from his own personal experience. Uh, his uh, A1C was elevated. His glucose was elevated. He was taking a lot of insulin. And he was doing this and not improving when he was following the typical guidelines, which is uh, eat animal foods, go low on the carbs, or don't eat any carbs. So he went low on carbs. He stopped eating a lot of carbs. He was following the typical guidelines, but he just kept on getting worse. Mm. But once he switched on a whole foods, plant-based diet, his carb, his carb intake increased, but his use of insulin decreased dramatically. His blood sugars decreased dramatically to the point where now he only takes a little bit of insulin every single day because, as, as, as you know, you know, type 1 diabetes is there's a major genetic component to it. Right, right. Right? So you, these people do need to take some insulin. But for our listeners, it's very important to realize through his lifestyle of exercising and also a whole foods, low-fat, plant-based diet, he's able to keep his insulin levels at a, insulin usage at a minimum. Mm. And his blood sugars are really healthy. In fact, he says he can eat as many carbs as he wants. You know, uh, he, he, eats, he eats a lot of carbs and he's still uh, very healthy. So it was, a, it was a testament to how even people with type 1 diabetes, they can live a very healthy life if they take the steps to change their lifestyle towards uh, a healthier one, a whole foods, low-fat, plant-based diet. In fact, this man, he exercises a lot. He's actually, he, he's shredded. Uh, oh, yeah. And for those, that means like he, he has a six pack and right, right. You know, he showed a picture. He, he's very shredded, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, people say, yo, yeah, type, type two diabetes, you know, obviously there's things that we can do. But, you know, I have type one and there's not much you can do. Well, no, that's not true. Right. There is things that you can do, even with type one diabetes. Right. And it so happens that the same things that help with type two diabetes often helps with type one diabetes. Mm. So can type one diabetes be reversed? Uh not fully, but can you live a healthy life? Um, is a much greatly improved life, even with type one diabetes. The answer is absolutely yes, mm. and that's what that talk was all about: mm. low fat, plant based diet. Get away from the the myth that you have to decrease your carbs, or that carbs cause your diabetes. Carbs did not cause your diabetes, right? right. So now, of course, we have to emphasize that we're talking about healthy carbs, right? Uh, not the refined carbs. But uh, that was the takeaway from that study, that or that presentation, that um, that you can live a healthy life with type one diabetes. There, there, there needs to be some adjustments to your lifestyle. Um, but uh, when people do make those adjustments, they, they live quite healthy. Mm, yeah. For our listeners, uh, Doctor Cho is also a fitness trainer, so you hear some of the uh, jargon coming out. But uh, I, I came into the session near the end. It was it was packed. Standing room only. Standing room only. Yeah, Every so was seat great. was pretty much filled. Right. Yeah. And you know we do a lot of talks on diabetes, and we you know we do myth bust some of these things like carbs are bad and this sort of thing, which you know aligns with what he was sharing. Yeah, it's a total myth. It depends on what carbs you're taking. Right. Right. Whole grain uh, is not the same as white Wonder Bread or muffins. Yeah. Right. Muffins are carbs, but they're refined carbs that are fatty. So obviously these are bad for you, right? right. Loaded with sugar, by the way, as well. But whole grains. 
maybe bread, whole grain bread that you make at home, these are these are not the same as the other bad carbs. So people have to really be、uh, careful about the myths out there. There was also another interesting talk on epigenetics, and、uh, for me, this was particularly interesting because when I was at the University of Toronto, I I、uh, worked in a, a lab in the nutrition department, and our research was on epigenetics. And for those of our listeners who may、uh, not be familiar with this, epigenetics is how the environment, things like stress and diet, affects the expression of our genes. So, although、uh, of course mutations change our genes, but you know, basically our mut- Our genes are set, but you can turn genes on and off depending on sort of the lifestyle、uh, you live. And so he was talking about that, and that's kind of the sort of how should I say it? the general gist. Yeah, and the、um, kind of like the molecular foundation or right, how right. sort of like lifestyle kind of really impacts our health. Right, right. And、uh, also he talked about the transgenerational effects, so that you know it, the these epigenetic Um, markers,、uh, expression patterns can be passed on from one generation to another. So, really, kind of emphasizing the importance of you know, if you really want to make a long term impact, we got to really start now,、mm-hmm. and all then you know we'll see start seeing the effects over generations. And、um, you know, and that's that's really cool because people have to realize that our for our listeners, in the past we've been told that DNA cannot be changed. Your DNA is set, and there's nothing you can do about it. Right, DNA determines destiny, but that's not true now. Science is showing that your DNA, the switches, can actually be turned on and off、right. through your lifestyle, through your environment. So this, I mean, if anything, that should really stir or motivate people to live a healthy life, right? Because you can actually change your DNA in a sense. The、and、expression, the expression yeah, of your yeah. DNA, exactly. Yeah. So and then you, if you. Can change the DNA expression, then that gets transmitted through your to your offspring. I mean, isn't that a motivator to start living a healthy life, getting rid of all the process, a lot of the processed food, cutting down on the animal foods, exercising, and so forth. So, I mean, the talks like that are highly motivating to me,、um, uh, because it tells you how important lifestyle medicine is, as you said, in the at the molecular level. We also there was another good talk called Diet Wars. And basically,、uh, the presenter, Doctor Tom Rafai, he kind of did like a comparison of sort of these healthier plant-based diets. And what I, what I mean by plant-based is not like the whole foods vegan, but diets that are、um, that emphasize plants. So he talked、mm-hmm. about,、um, of course, the whole foods plant-based. I think he also talked about lacto-ovo vegetarian. And also, it was interesting because he also talked about the paleo and what he called the medical paleo.、Mm-hmm. Basically, he was talking about how sort of the、uh, popular paleo that really emphasizes like meat and this sort of thing isn't really the medical paleo, and the the medical paleo actually is very much plant based. I, I never heard of medical paleo even in all my school. I mean, schooling. Well, what what exactly is he, does he mean by medical paleo? Well, it's sort of like.、Um, If I'm underst- if I remember and understand correctly, it's like are the ancestors or are you know, purported ancestors when、um, they didn't eat like a lot a lot of meat, right? Of they ate meat, but so the supposed paleo diet is that you know they they end up eating lots of like you know these vegetation and、right. fruits and stuff, like that. and that comprise a much bigger proportion of the diet than what current paleo eaters eat. 
Right, but yeah. the term medical paleo. So, is he saying that doctors are prescribing this medical paleo to their patients? It's uh, or is he just defining it? You know, in that? I think um, from what I sense was that it's sort of the paleo that's kind of researched. So when you look oh, at the research, okay, okay, we talk yeah. about paleo. This is the kind of paleo. Right. Right. Okay. Um, but you know, there were some audience like during the Q and A, there were some audience uh, members who kind of spoke up and said. Well, you know, as a scientific and medical community, we could define it that way. But when it comes down to actually meeting people and the public and our patients, when they talk about paleo, they're talking about the popular cultural paleo, right? right the high right. red meat and all this thing. So then when we use, there's a disconnect. When we say, oh, but paleo is, you know, there's research that shows that it's good. But we talk about the medical paleo, but and then we talk about pe- talking to people. When they think about paleo, it's actually this kind of, other unhealthy paleo, right? We may be misinforming people, right? So it's almost like, um, you know. So I think it's more helpful to really kind of talk about paleo as it's most commonly known, right? Right. And study that kind of paleo and uh, make sure our messaging aligns with that that paleo, right? So, but basically, his his main message was that compared to uh, the standard American diet. Lots of like, and he also talked about the Mediterranean diet as well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, compared to the standard American diet, lots of these diets are much better. Yeah, right. But you know, I, um, you know, we can look for better, or we can look for optimal, and you know, I guess cutting down on processed food, eating less meat, these are always good. But really, the science shows that the optimal diet for most people is a plant-based diet. Right. Um, so, I would, did he acknowledge that in his talk, or is he just saying these are better? Yeah, he himself he's not a, like a whole foods plant based eater. He calls himself uh, what was it uh, like a plant based flexitarian or something like that, uh-huh. where he's mostly plant based, but he'll eat. I think it was fish or meat sometimes right, on the right, odd occasion. Right. Um, and uh, so that's kind of where he ends up. Well, that's where he kind of lands, right? But yeah, I do think though that the science clearly shows that the more plant based you go, the better you'll probably probably be. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we're not gonna sit here and debate like, how much meat can you eat, mm-hmm. right? Like, is it once a month? Right? right. right? Is it really gonna do something be that detrimental? But I think the main message should be that you know, the more plant based you go, the more whole foods, uh-huh. the better it, uh, you'll be. La- last question, then on this guy, yeah. uh, did you talk about keto? I believe he did talk about keto. Oh, Maybe okay. during the Q and A. Oh, okay, but not really during the presentation. Uh, I, I, to be honest, I can't remember. But okay. I don't think he was that favorable. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He also talked about the Pritikin diet, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, the Dash Mediterranean, Whole Foods, and uh, this medical paleo. Yeah. Um, he's bold to talk. Uh, he's bold to say this kind of stuff in an audience full of. Uh, plant-based <laughs> medical doc- with yeah. a car with a with a dr esselstyn in the room i remember he was there right yeah. in the audience yeah can you imagine uh <laughs> worrying that he would come up to the mic and ask, start pounding you with questions yeah well, dr caldwell esselstyn was there and he actually um he associated the whole foods plant-based diet with it he called like the esselstyn diet uh-huh. right um just how there's sort of like this ornish yeah diet yeah. i think he also talked about ornish diet as well um, and, and by the way, just as uh, the medical paleo, he also called it the proper paleo, mm-hmm. saying that it's very high in fiber, plant-based, even though it allows for 
animal uh, foods, right, kind of right. animal light is what he called it. Uh-huh, okay. Um, yeah, as was there, and he, and you know, the but some people actually did come up to the mic and talked about they appreciated the balance. Uh, I put that balance in quotation marks because I think people really know that in the uh, lifestyle medicine community, we do kind of very strongly promote plant based, like fully plant based eating. And sometimes I think people come off as a little bit ideological about it. So I guess there are some people there who kind of appreciated the balance of it. You know, the the way I see it, though, is that, you know, um, sometimes people define, they get their uh, middle ground or the the dividing line for what is balanced or not based on, like, the the cultural environment, right? So because a lot of people are eating a standard Western diet where there is meat, then we think that, okay, some to say no meat is a little bit unbalanced, right? But that's only because it's so prevalent in our society. You know what I mean, then? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then they go and say it's balanced. But So I think what we need to do is just say, what does the science say about what's the best, what's healthy, right? And I believe that convincingly it's the whole foods, plant-based diet, right? So, yeah, some people might say, you know, I appreciate some quote balance um, because we're saying that we can have a little bit of meat and you know that's better than most diets but I think we have to think you know what is the best diet and that's yeah. clearly a whole food plant based diet and by the way you know it's not like a whole food plant based diet some extreme diet I mean it is a completely healthy doable diet yeah it's totally it's healthy of course but, but it can be delicious as well and simple to do and cheap yeah, yeah. So, you know, when, uh, for our listeners, when people start saying we have to be balanced, you have to kind of think to yourself, uh, where really are they drawing the line? You know, what's the standard that they're using to determine balance? Is it the typical way we eat right now? Because that's definitely not balanced at all. It's a lot of sugar, a lot of processed food. So what what are they using to determine what's their um, measuring stick to determine what's balanced or not? Right. You know, I'd say let's just stick with the science. And also... When, when we talk about, for instance, the meat, they say, oh, you know, uh, you know, we don't have to completely eliminate it. But oftentimes, the same, uh, what I, from my experience, people will say that, but then they'll eat meat every day. But maybe maybe not every meal, but every day. Right. Forgetting that, well, some of the ha- healthiest populations, while well, they might still eat meat, but they'll eat it at like a holidays, special occasions. Rarely. Yeah. Once in a blue moon, yeah. right? And But the rest of the time, they're eating mostly whole foods plant-based right yeah. so well we, i mean you could just even uh to those who say you don't know, just eat meat a little bit i mean you could just pull out the avenues health studies where they show that the people who do the best are the ones who don't eat any animal foods right yeah right and then it seems like progressively as you eat more and more meat uh you do worse that's right yeah yeah so on the last day there was a great talk on sleep um uh, sleep in as a cornerstone of lifestyle medicine uh, just quickly any thoughts on that one well uh first it was convicting to me i i realized i need to get some more sleep uh-huh. yeah. but uh, <laughs> besides that though i think it really emphasizes the importance of sleep um sleep uh, affects uh, your mood uh, affects uh, all different aspects of your life uh, he I, I really liked how we went to some practical things about sleep mm-hmm. um you know uh getting sleeping early, um, getting enough sleep, um, things like that, how exercise helps with sleep, uh, nutrition helps with sleep, um, 
Uh, yeah, it's just it's a it's something that we kind of overlook in lifestyle medicine. I think, um, even though it's one of the foundational areas, yeah, we're it's, so it's, focused on diet sometimes. Exactly, kind of diet and exercise kind of comes in second, but then it kind of trickles off from there. You know, everyone yeah. just talks about those two things. But the speaker, he he's a great speaker, by the way. He he really knows how to present, but uh, he really emphasized the importance of sleep. So. Yeah, I, um, so for listeners, you know, you can eat well and move well, but if you're not resting well, um, your body's not going to have that time to repair itself, to consolidate that memory, uh, decompress, you know, things like that. So I want to encourage all of our listeners to really get get adequate sleep. You know, and it's very interesting. He talked about how we've been continually getting less and less sleep as a society. Right. You know, especially with the technology, with lights and things like that. Right. You know, so I want to encourage our listeners. You know, get sleep, get to bed early, nine, ten o'clock. You know, take off the cell phones before bed. Don't look at them before bedtime. You know, make the room dark. Get have a routine to get to bed. Uh, things like that. You know, um, yeah. he talked about how napping is important as well. Um, so yeah, I want to encourage our listeners to get sleep. Uh, that's something I've actually committed myself to do. So actually, since the since the conference, I've actually been uh, getting more sleep. Well, that's great. It's, it's 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 helpful. Actually, it's very yeah. helpful. Yeah. yeah, still working on that. There was also a great talk by Dr. John Kelly and some representatives from Lithuania, talking about their immersion program uh, that they're doing there. For our listeners who may not know, immersion programs are basically intensive uh, lifestyle intervention programs where um, people from the community, patients, they come in. And they stay at a certain venue, and they go through a very intensive health education, um, exercise, um, lots of group sessions. Uh, they uh, they see the doctor, whole foods, plant based eating to kind of get them, kind of help them to learn what it's like to live a healthy life that's optimal for your health, and to kind of get them as a you know, it's sort of like a Kickstarter uh, towards a better life. And what was fascinating to me was. They did a. They're doing these immersion programs, and they did a study, and just after seven days, you start to see some results in I think cholesterol, these sort of basic uh, markers, and it just shows you the power of of lifestyle medicine. Yeah, I mean, uh, at Wildwood, um, that's another lifestyle center. That's it's an immersion program. We saw similar results. Mm. Uh, weight goes down. They cut their meds. Blood lipids are so much better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, as you as you said, lasa medicine is powerful when you give it a chance. Yes, and so right. that's a good way to put it. When you give it a chance, exactly. you just try it out, and a lot of people they find out that they can do it. Right, because the effects are so powerful, so and oftentimes very quick. Yeah, they don't want to turn back. And you know, it was so amazing that they, uh, if you remember, then they now they're gonna get members of the parliament. Remember that? Yes, right. somewhere I think in Lithuania or somewhere they're gonna get these people these government officials to go through these immersion programs. Mm-hmm. And so they got this uh, really, uh, I think it was a standing ovation at the end of the uh, talk where uh, people were really impressed, the audience, because we're reaching the movers and shakers in society through the message of lifestyle medicine. Yeah, you know, And this is what we need to do here as well, get all, all levels of society to embrace the principles of lifestyle medicine so it's very it was very exciting to see the work that john kelly was doing um in in lithuania there yeah and it was particularly interesting for us because we're 
planning a series of immersion programs. Um, yep, stay tuned. For, stay tuned for those yes, uh, updates. Yep, in uh, in in Canada. So we're partnering with other doctors and people passionate about lifestyle medicine to bring immersion programs here. So so we will update you more about that as the planning progresses. And uh, let's end up by talking about the final keynote. It was by Dr. Garth Davis. And he was talking about uh, the title of the talk was Proteinaholic, Our Obsession with Protein and Why It is Killing Us. And it was quite the talk, wasn't it? Sort of a crowd rouser. Yeah, it was, uh, he was pretty much preaching to the crowd. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think his talk was, was really needed because, you know, we do have an addiction with protein. We somehow come to a point where we think that protein is is like the most important thing and that somehow we we're going to be deficient in protein and that's not true most north americans actually eat more than enough protein right and of course there's the there's the uh, myth that because protein is so important that we need to get it and then there's the idea that you can only get it from or that really the only way to get it in sufficient amounts is through animal foods. Mm. But that's also completely, utterly false. You know, um, it's a travesty that people think that way or that they're fed that information. So right. he talked about the science and showed why that's not true and that you can get enough protein on a whole foods, plant-based diet. So I think that was a very important message to to share to to the crowd of doctors there and for our listeners as well, it's very important to realize protein is in is in so many different foods, and you can get enough of it even on a whole foods plant based diet. In fact, he was very uh, it was very interesting how you know he he talked about how you know he sometimes has a plate of greens and carbs and different things, and then people ask him, "So where's your protein?" And he's like, "What do you mean? The proteins in the veggies, the proteins in the carbs, the proteins in the fruit. Right. I mean, everything has a little bit of protein, right? So this idea that where's your protein? I mean, pro- most foods contain or many, many, many plant foods contains protein. Yeah. Right. So, but of course, then you got the nuts and the beans, which are like your biggies. This idea that you can't get enough protein is is false. Right. Is is utterly false. Yeah. Yes. Completely. Right. Right. What are your final, uh, sort of your final reflections, um, main takeaways from the conference as a whole? I think the big one is that lifestyle medicine is evidence based, mm-hmm. and for our listeners, evidence based means it's based on science. Right. Uh, the science is rigorous. Uh, there's so much science supporting lifestyle medicine. So much science out there supporting the benefits of exercise on a whole foods, plant based diet sleep all the major principles of lifestyle medicine is supported by evidence and the evidence is just going to keep on mounting and it is mounting so i think it's important for our listeners to recognize that that when we talk about uh, nutrition exercise sleep is not just uh, going back from going back to kind of like folk folk tales and things like that you know uh it's it's rigorous science that's coming out um it supports uh, lifestyle medicine. Uh, I think another important thing, another takeaway was that lifestyle medicine is, I think, the future of medicine. Mm-hmm. More and more people are embracing lifestyle medicine in their practice, um, doctors, that is. And I think we will see more and more of it becoming prominent in the in the medical community and the way that medicine is practiced. I think that's very, very good news for our listeners, especially if you're if you're just a lay person, 
that more and more doctors will be equipped with the information they need to really get to the root problem of our, many of our chronic diseases, not just treat symptoms superficially, but to actually get to root of, root problem of our of our medical conditions. And by doing that, we'll be helping so many more people improve their lives and not be dependent on just drugs. So I think uh, the science is pushing medicine in a very positive direction, and that direction is the direction of lifestyle medicine. I think it's also it's a very energetic movement. Many of the speakers, like Dr. Garth Davis, was saying how this is his favorite conference to attend because when you go to other medical conferences, it almost feels like he was saying, you know, um, boring, boring. The and he's a bariatric surgeon. When he goes to those conferences, he says it almost feels like the surgeons are competing. Right. with each other uh, maybe it's like an ego thing or something but but he says when he comes here people seem so much more united and energetic and enthusiastic and i think probably the reason for that is because we really realize that lifestyle medicine is gonna is making a, a real tangible difference in the medical community the scientific community but most importantly in, for the public yeah. The movement is still very grassroots. I think then hence the sense of urgency and the sense of unitedness and purpose. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's still very much grassroots. But I think because it's so powerful, it gives the, injects the energy into that right. movement. And it's going to keep on growing. Right. And what's great is that you don't have to be a health professional necessarily to be part of, part of this movement. Lots of the principles are are simple and that we can apply in our own lives. And so if you, for our listeners, if you, uh, we encourage you to get involved uh, in lifestyle medicine, to share, learn as much as you can, uh, read uh, the signs as much as possible, and to share these with uh, family and friends uh, who, who could benefit uh, from the simple yet powerful principles of lifestyle medicine. Great, so that's it about the, this year's conference. We're definitely looking forward to next year's conference it's going to be in orlando we hope that you could uh be in attendance Uh, we definitely plan to be there so thank you so much for tuning in Uh, as always you can subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast itunes google play music and stitcher you can also catch our episodes on youtube and on facebook and on our website www.pathwaystoholeness.ca and uh, as i said please do share this podcast with any friends and family who you think could benefit from Lifestyle Medicine. So you've been listening to the Lifestyle Medicine Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.